slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So much to talk about on today's show. We will have our weekly farm report, as we always do on Wednesdays. We will also break down last night's big 8-2 win over the Detroit Red Wings and... We will have this date in Islanders history, looking back at a big West Coast game for John Tanelli. So lots to get to, including the latest injury news and a whole lot more. Again, if you want to join the show uh, with a question, a comment, a particular topic you'd like us to discuss, drop us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Com. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, or you could follow me, your host, Gil Martin, on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And please, if you're enjoying the show, uh, leave us a five-star review and uh, make a comment or two and uh, on your local podcatcher of choice, and that will help other Islanders fans and hockey fans find the show, and help us grow our Locked On Islanders family. All right, we're going to start off with last night's game at the Nassau Coliseum. And I'll tell you, after a very disheartening loss to the New York Rangers on Monday, having the Detroit Red Wings, arguably the worst team in the NHL, coming into town was just what the doctor ordered for this New York Islanders team. Sometimes the schedule is not kind. Sometimes the schedule is good. And and right now, the schedule was good, and the Islanders took full advantage of it. No Casey Sezikis again. Uh, The latest injury update that Sezikis would not be available for last night's game, which we knew, but he may be available Thursday at the Coliseum when the Islanders take on the Rangers, so we'll keep you posted. So Sezikis, Ross Johnston, and Sebastian Ajo were the scratches for the New York Islanders. And uh, I'll tell you, Tomas Grice gets the start in goal, and he needed to come through big. Jimmy Howard started for the Detroit Red Wings, and uh, things didn't take long to get on track for the home team. So this was sort of a game for the Islanders to get everybody back on track. And it started quickly. 3.23 into the game, a backhander from Jordan Eberle gives him his third goal in four games, but just his sixth of the season. It comes at 3.23, Matthew Barzal and Anders Lee with the assists. And then 36 seconds later, a turnover leading to another Islander goal. 
First, Cunackle with the shot, a save by Howard, but Bailey comes in, pops home the rebound, his ninth of the year from Cunackle and Michael Dal Cole at 3.59, and just like that, 2-0 Islanders, and believe me, the Islanders were far from done. For Bailey, his first goal in 16 games, and look, the Red Wings calling timeout, trying to stop the tide from totally taking them out, but uh, the Red Wings just could not get anything together, and they were sloppy as heck in their own zone. Brock Nelson with a good hustle play, gets the puck, beats Howard, his 17th of the season. Bevilier with the lone assist. That goal comes at 7.56, and here we are, less than eight minutes into the game, and the Islanders have a three-goal lead. Jimmy Howard, who allowed three goals and seven shots, taken out of the game at that point and replaced by Calvin Picard. And uh, Camp, you know, got a feel for Jimmy Howard. He used to be one of the better goaltenders in this league when he had a good team in front of him. But now it's just a disaster right now in Detroit. And it shows. Well, look, the Red Wings did not die altogether. And uh, they managed to get on the board a little flip shot by Philippe Ronick. Uh, and that one ends up beating Grice. Shouldn't have gone in. Kind of a weak goal for Grice to give up. And maybe that's what happens when your team is up 3 nothing. But uh, Ronick, his ninth from Robbie Fabri and Dylan Larkin at 11.45. And suddenly it's 3-1. to one, But... Uh, what can you do? Uh, that was about as close as it was going to get the rest of the way. All Islanders. Barzal with a great setup to Anders Lee. Lee scores his 14th of the year at 18.30. Barzal and Eberly with the helpers. And after 20 minutes, the Islanders had a 4-1 to one lead. And they were out shooting Detroit by a 14-12 margin. But... Here's the thing, you, 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 all of a sudden, all the guys who have been in slumps, your, your Eberleys, your Baileys, your Nelsons, and your Lees, all these guys who you need to come through, well, they started to produce. Islanders didn't take long to add to the lead after killing off a penalty that carried into the early part of the second period. The Islanders get Another goal, Brock Nelson, unassisted, just a minute 59 into the game, uh, rather into the period, and it's 5-1 to one in favor of the Islanders, and that five goals matched the Islanders' season high. Well, they set that season high just 41 seconds later, as Noah Dobson gets his first NHL goal Ryan Pulak and Leo Kamarov with the assists at 2.40. And big celebration right there. And congratulations to Noah Dobson. Look, there's nothing like your first NHL goal. And I'm sure Dobson will be talking about this goal. Uh, he'll tell his kids and his grandkids about it someday. Uh, and the goal will get better and better. 
uh, as time goes on and as he gets older. But anyway, uh, Taves taken down hard by uh, Glenn Denning of Detroit. Wasn't pretty. Luke Glenn Denning uh, ends up drawing the or, or taking the penalty. Uh, it's called boarding. Time of the penalty is 4.30, but the Islanders unable to convert on that power play. Lee had a good chance, but uh, it hit the post and then hit Pickard. And as a result, uh, the Islanders unable to add to that lead. But after 40 minutes, the Islanders up 6-1 to one in this game and in complete control. All right, we will, when we come back, we will talk about the third period and talk a lot about the implications of this game, the scoring, what it all meant, and how well the Islanders did. Plus, we still have to get to this date in Islanders history and our weekly farm report. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. By the way, uh, late in the second period, Matthew Barzal had a goal or, or an apparent goal that was overturned, keeping the score at 6-1. But that didn't really deter the Islanders. And uh, here we go. They were out shooting Detroit 22-21 after 40 minutes. But six goals in 22 shots. Pretty impressive. Into the third period. And uh, the Islanders keep on keeping on. As Beauvillier deflects home a shot from the point by Ryan Pulak. Time of the goal, 5-12, the 11th of the year for Beauvillier. Letty also, Nick Letty also with an assist, and it's 7-1 Islanders. Then, the Islanders go up 8-1 in at the 9.07 mark of the third. Leo Komarov with his first goal of the year. Give the assist to Scott Mayfield, and that was a, a crazy bouncing puck that uh, Picard tried to play behind his crease, but he wasn't successful. And uh, Kamarov pokes it home easily, 8-1 to one Islanders. Giovanni Smith gets his first goal of the year with six minutes left in regulation, but no contest. Islanders, 8. Detroit Red Wings, 2. And, you know, this is, this is like just a big win for the Islanders because of the offensive production that they got in this contest. Here's a team that has been struggling, playing inconsistent hockey over the last three, four weeks, and this was just like medicine. This was a get-well kind of a game where everybody came out, everybody was productive, and the Islanders did what they needed to do uh, to get back on track. So, we look at this one, first of all, 34 saves for Tomas Grice in 36 shots faced, a 944 save percentage. And uh, in the faceoff circle, Matthew Barzal wins 8 out of 12, Brock Nelson 7 out of 10. So they were the standouts in the faceoff circle. As far as hits are concerned, Johnny Boychuk and Leo Komarov tied for the team lead with Four. And uh, as far as block shots go, three for Johnny Boychuk in this game. Scott Mayfield led all defensemen with 22 minutes, 56 seconds of ice time. In fact, he led all players. And 
the Islanders were only too happy to roll their forward lines with such a big win. No Islanders player, no forward, played less than 13 minutes, and no forward played more than Tom Cunackle, who was out there for 17 minutes, 8 seconds. And among the defensemen, look, Noah Dobson, who got his first NHL goal in this game, 18 minutes, 14 seconds of ice time. That is probably uh, among his season highs. Um, the only other player besides Mayfield who was out there for 20 minutes or more, Johnny Boychuk, at 20.01. Ryan Pulak, a plus four in this game. Devon Tays and Nick Letty were plus threes. And a host of Islander forwards were plus twos in this one. But this was one of those games where it seems like everybody was contributing. And, you know, you look at the shots on goal, a whole bunch of players tied for the team lead with three. It was just a very balanced attack. Eberly, Lee, Kamarov, Bavillier, all of them with three shots on goal in this contest for the Islanders. And a number of milestones as well. So in this game, out of the 18 skaters who dressed, 13 of them had at least one point. Seven different Islanders scored a goal, and seven Islanders had multi-point games. Jordan Eberle, by the way, Eberle, who opened up the scoring, now has 500 career points in his NHL career. He is the only player on the Islanders roster to reach that milestone. We mentioned Noah Dobson with his first career goal and Brock Nelson, his fourth multi-goal game of the season. And now he leads the team with 18 goals passing. Matthew Barzal. Barzal had a goal and an assist in this one. And overall, 13th win of the year for Tomas Grice. Smooth sailing for the New York Islanders in this game. And here's the key. This game, look, you're playing the worst team in the league. Detroit is now 12-32-3 on the year. When you have played 47 games and you've only won 12 of them, that's not good. Uh, you're at home. You should win this game 8-2. to But what the Islanders need to do is to use this game to get their confidence back. Use this game to say, hey, this is what we're capable of doing when we put our minds to it, when we play the game we're capable of playing. Get your confidence up, and when the Rangers come to the Nassau Coliseum Thursday, uh, that's when this performance has to sort of carry over the momentum from this performance. Oh, and by the way, uh, we're going to have a special crossover show uh, coming up tomorrow with the host of Locked On Rangers. So we will have a, a very special show to highlight the rivalry, preview the game, and talk about uh, three games in nine days between the Rangers and the Islanders. So make sure you join us tomorrow for that very special crossover show with Locked On Islanders and Locked On Rangers. And uh, that should be a good one as we celebrate New York's greatest modern sports rivalry. All right, more to come on today's show. We have our Farm Report plus 
are this date in Islanders history as we look back on a big game for John Tonelli. All this and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to January 15th. 1983, the Los Angeles Kings invade the Nassau Coliseum in a East Coast-West Coast showdown. The goaltender for the LA Kings, Doug Keens, while Roland Melanson is in between the pipes for the Islanders. Islanders draw first blood. Dean Kennedy in the penalty box for cross-checking, and it's Brian Trottier coming through on a power play goal, his 21st from Bossy and Dennis Potvin at 3.50, but the Kings bounce back at the 8.25 mark. Hall of Famer Marcel Dion gets his 22nd of the year, Jerry Korab and Dave Lewis, the former Islander with the assists, and the game was even at 1-1, but... 54 seconds after the Dion goal, John Tonelli gets the Islanders the lead back, his 17th from Brian Trottier and Dave Langevin, and it's 2-1. Now, a couple of goals scored late in the first period. First, the Kings tie it at 2 as Larry Murphy, the future Hall of Fame defenseman, gets his fifth goal of the season from Bernie Nichols. And that tied it at two. And then Tonelli comes through with his second of the game, 18th of the season, just 38 seconds after the Murphy goal. Trottier and Langevin with the helpers. And after one exhausting period, the Islanders had a 3-2 lead. In the second period, the Islanders would get on the power play again. Dave Lewis off for hooking. And it's Tonelli coming through with his third goal of the game, 19th of the season. Brian Trottier and Tomas Janssen with the assists. And the Islanders led 4-2. Janssen gets his eighth in the third period at 15:39 from Tonelli and Bossi. And that put a cap on the scoring. Final score, 5-2 in favor of the Islanders as they beat the purple-clad LA Kings at the Coliseum. You look at this one, three goals and an assist for John Tonelli, and that was three goals in three shots for Tonelli. Brian Trottier, a goal and three assists. Janssen, Tomas Janssen, a goal and an assist. Dave Langevin, two helpers, and Mike Bossy, two helpers. Bossy led the team with six shots on goal. Trottier not far behind with five. 38 saves for Roland Melanson in this game to earn the victory as the Islanders beat the LA Kings 5-2 on this date in Islanders history, January 15th, 1983. All right, time for our weekly farm report when we discuss all things Bridgeport Sound Tigers, the Islanders' AHL affiliate. They had three games This past weekend, and it wasn't the best of weekends, but it did have at least a good finish. Friday night, a road loss to the Springfield Thunderbirds, 4-0 the final score, and Springfield had an even-strength goal, a power play goal, a shorthanded goal, and an empty net goal in this game. Uh, Not the best offensive production, obviously, from the Sound Tigers, 
Jared Carreau, 36 saves in the 39 shots that he faced in a losing effort. Then it was Military Appreciation Weekend for the Sound Tigers, and they wore special camouflage uniforms at home both Saturday and Sunday. In Saturday's game, they faced the Charlotte Checkers and fell to Charlotte by a score of 5-2. to two. Max McCormick scored a hat trick for Charlotte. Meanwhile, the Bridgeport goals, Matt Lurito and Ryan Bork. So those two players at least getting on the board and ending the goalless streak uh, from the night before. But the results were better on Sunday, a 6-4 victory at home over the Laval Rocket. And in that game, Otto Koivula with his first AHL hat trick, Kiefer Bellows and Nick uh, Schielke, each with a goal and two assists in this one. And Corot had 26 saves. So Bridgeport goes one and two on the weekend. But Koivula with the hat trick, and that was exciting. And again, you know, with the Islanders suffering so many injuries, Koivula, for example, now up with the Islanders. Uh, with, you know, Casey Zizekas not available. So, again, the Islanders' injuries affecting the Sound Tigers' lineup, but still they managed to come away with one win over the weekend. Now, this weekend coming up, uh, just two games rather than three for the Sound Tigers. It'll be a home-and-home series Friday, January 17th. They will be in Providence to take on the Providence Bruins. That is a 7.05 face-off in Providence. And then Saturday, the 18th, uh, Providence comes to Bridgeport to take on the Sound Tigers at 7 o'clock in the evening a home and home with the Providence Bruins in on the schedule for the Sound Tigers this weekend and uh look should be two very exciting games to say the least and the Sound Tigers trying to rally and get themselves out of the uh eighth position in the AHL's Atlantic Division as of now Halfway through the schedule, 41 games. Bridgeport, 14-22-5. That's 33 points, two points behind the Lehigh Valley Phantoms for seventh place, although Lehigh Valley has two games in hand. All right, that's going to do it for us here on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget tomorrow, our special crossover show with Locked On Rangers, and we'll have a full preview of the game coming up at the Nassau Coliseum between the Rangers and the Islanders should be exciting, and it should be one of those games that tells us a lot about this Islanders team and where they go from here, uh, especially offensively, and uh, we'll see if the Islanders can keep the momentum going after beating Detroit 8-2. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks so much for joining us on the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.